All right, man, we're going to be speaking to everybody today, everybody in the room today, all right? Parents, kids, grandparents, grandmammies, everybody. We got a message for you today, all right? And so, man, I, I don't know if y'all have heard me say this, probably have because I say it way too often, but I'm going to keep on saying it, all right? Man, y'all could be a lot of places today, but y'all chose to be here. And, man, I'm excited about that. Man, there's a lot of different reasons for every person being here today, but I don't want y'all to overlook the fact that God is the one who orchestrated the events to be able to get you in the pew today. Man, it's really all on God. He's the real reason that you're here this morning. So, man, my prayer is that you don't zone out, but instead that you would zone in to what he wants to do in your life today. Because that's what I believe. Man, I believe that he wants to communicate truth through his Holy Spirit and he wants to change our hearts today. Man, this is just a reminder in case you couldn't tell by the songs we've been singing or if you didn't catch on to the lesson that Miss Denise just knocked out of the park. Thank you, Miss Denise. Kids, can y'all say thank you, Miss Denise? All right, but in case you didn't know, Man, the Advent season is upon us, all right? Man, kind of elbow your neighbor and just say, the Advent's here. Come on, come on. Get on board, all right? See, last week we began our Advent series. We're calling it Songs of Christmas. And like Pastor Joe said during the call to worship, man, we are looking at four songs that are recorded in the Gospel of Luke. And last Sunday, Dr. Branson, he took us through Mary's song. And today we will be walking through Zechariah's song that's found in verses 67 through verse 80, the very last part of chapter 1. So, man, if you have your Bible today, go ahead and turn, tap, or scroll your way to Luke chapter 1, verse 67. That will be where we're starting. Luke chapter 1, verse 67. And as you find your way there, just a little reminder, man, the, the big numbers are the chapters, the small numbers are the verses. And if you don't have a Bible, man, we have tons of Bibles that sit in the back of the pew directly in front of you. And in fact, I've come in here on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and they're still here, all right? We got them here just for you, all right? So, man, if you got your Bible, uh, you know, use it. But if you don't have a Bible, you're welcome to use that one that's in the pew, dust it off, open it up, Luke chapter 1, verse 67, and then you can even take it home with you as a gift from us to you. Man, put that bad boy to good use, all right? And so today, before we jump into verse 67, man, I want to ask you to just join me in praying three things. Number one, man, let's pray together that God would speak today, all right? Number two, let's pray that God, that we would listen to what the Spirit is trying to communicate. And number three, let's pray that our hearts would be changed, all right? Those three things. Let's pray together right now. Dear Heavenly Father, God, thank you so much to be able to be here today, to be able to preach from your word, to be able to preach to this body of believers. God, to be able to preach to our church. Man, what a blessing. God, today we ask you to do three things, and we're asking you together in one accord, would you please speak to us today? God, we want to hear from you 
today, God, nobody else. So God, speak loud and clear. God, let us listen to what your spirit is saying. God, we understand that there are distractions all around us. Sometimes we are the distraction. God, I pray that that wouldn't be the case today. God, speak loud and clear. Let us hear from your spirit. And God, we pray that that truth would change our hearts. God, we want a heart change today. God, we want to be set free from the sins that trip us up, that weigh us down, that so easily entangle us. God, we want to walk differently. God, we want to talk differently. God, I want to interact with my family differently because of what your truth does to my heart today. God, I want people to interact with their coworkers differently because of what you do in their lives today. God, we need your help. See, God, when we try to do it on our own, and we've tried, I know I've tried, man, we end up in failure. So, God, we need you to help us do this today. God, speak to us, let us hear, and change our hearts. In your name we pray. Everybody said, amen. All right, let's go ahead and get started. Listen, I want to poll the people real quick. I want to poll the people. Uh, man, what, let's see, it's December the 10th. It's Sunday. It's 11.05 a.m. Raise your hand if you heard Christmas music yet. Anybody? 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 All right. Man, if you were in this room earlier, then you got to have your hands up, all right? But here's the thing. Check this out. It's almost impossible to have gone 10 days in December without hearing Christmas music. Guys, it's everywhere. If you turn on the radio, it's on all the stations. Man, if you watch a commercial, it's on the TV commercials. If you go to the movies, it's in all the movies. Man, some people love it, but what I found out is some people don't like it as much, all right? Man, it's kind of this love-hate relationship I never knew that it was so polarizing. In fact, it's so polarizing, and, I, and it kind of just like light bulb moment came off. Uh, never knew it was until Ryan started trying to play it real loud in the church office one day, all right? Oh, my goodness, all right? I'm, I'm not going to lie, all right? All of a sudden, it became an epic battle of the songs of Christmas on everybody's computer slash smart speaker. Like, oh, Ryan, you going to play it that loud? Well, let me show you what my computer can do, all right? And Guys, man, I'm just kind of pulling back the curtain, all right? Ryan was blaring his Disney Christmas playlist, all right? And so then I had to put on my Lecrae and Friends Christian rap Christmas album, and I was letting it bump, all right? And then Joe had his Mercy Me Christmas Greatest Hits playing, all right? And then, you know, Mitchell's around the corner, but but you know he couldn't be left out, so he had his Gaither's Christmas Homecoming <laughs> blaring, all right? And then y'all know Denise. Oh, my goodness, she keeps it real. She just had Christmas classics like Baby, it's cold outside, uh, Frosty the Snowman, and those kind of things. Hey, guys, listen. Y'all don't judge Denise, all right? Don't judge her, all right? In fact, I mean, this is true, all right? Hey, don't judge her because Ryan actually hacked her Alexa and he was putting those songs on repeat because she doesn't like those songs, all right? And so, man, that's what technology will do to you, man. You just be battling each other. We got the smart speakers and we're letting it rip. But here's the thing. How we listen to music, it's ever-changing. Man, maybe y'all uh, have heard of a vinyl record, right? Man, I was in my attic, and I stumbled upon these things called eight tracks. Kind of cool, all right? I don't know where they go, all right? Kind of looks like a VCR, but a little smaller VHS type, but it's called an eight track, all right? We got CDs, we stream music, we got all different ways to listen to it now. But even though, man, how we listen to music is ever changing, and maybe even our style preference is changing, or maybe around this time of the year, it's just seasonal, but music has been around since the earliest of times. 
And not only has it been around, but music really has been a voice of the people. Sometimes people will write these songs and they're capturing the cry of like a dis enfranchised generation, all right? Songs that are like laments, kind of longing for almost this mythic day that will hopefully come in the future where there's no hunger, there's no war, you know, praying almost for those things. And so in other words, man, songs have given a voice to a question or even like really a prayer that almost blurts out of our mouth when we find ourselves in life's most difficult situations, when we find ourselves in the midst of turmoil we find ourselves crying out with the generation for mercy. Y'all say the word mercy. Mercy, mercy me, all right? And so here's the thing. The cry for mercy is as old as humanity's fall in the garden. Man, it's been uttered, it's been whispered, it's been yelled in every single generation among people since sin entered the world. And when we reach those limits, when the craziness of life is just weighing down on us and when the struggle is so real, man, something within us is longing and crying out and desiring for mercy and that's what happens in today's passage that's what is happening man God's mercy is on full display and it's because of his mercy that salvation and worship is available for his people and as we walk through the text man we will see salvation on display and it will be put on display in four major ways the plan of salvation the purpose of salvation, the profit of salvation, and the peace of salvation. And so that's what we're going to discuss today. And so if you would, man, we got it on the screen. It's been up there. Check this out. Verse 67, it says, And his father, Zechariah, was filled with the Holy Spirit, and prophesize. Let's stop right there, all right? Let's not get too fast with this, all right? Man, check it out. Don't read God's word so fast that you miss what it's saying. And God, it says, and his father, Zechariah, was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied. Guys, the prophetic voice at this moment in time, the prophetic voice of the Lord had been silent for 400 years years. Wake your neighbor up and say, man, that's a long time, all right? Come on, let them know. Wake them up, all right? Man, 400 years, guys. Man, can you imagine waiting that long? Can you imagine the wait, the anticipation? Guys, I've seen it unfold in my kitchen when my son is just impatient, you know, like for, you know, the instant mac and cheese, and it only takes three minutes, you know what I'm saying? And so imagine waiting years upon years upon years to hear a prophetic voice of the Lord, and now God is speaking all right? Man, Luke says the first person to speak was this angel named Harold, all right? Oh, I'm sorry. Man, I wasn't listening right, Miss Denise. I'm sorry. No, it was actually Gabriel, all right? Gabriel in Luke uh, chapter 1, verses 13 and 28. And then God speaks through Elizabeth in verses 41 and 42. And then through Mary, like we heard last week, verses 46 through 55. And now through Zechariah. And this is not coincidental, guys. This was a part of God's plan. So if you want to write these things down, man, here's four things that you can take away. And the first one is this, the plan of salvation. 
the plan of salvation, it's on display, all right? Man, I want to read verses 68 through 73, and we'll flash them up on the screen for you. It says, blessed is the Lord, God of Israel, for he has visited and redeemed his people and has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of the servant David, as he spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets from old, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us, to show the mercy promised to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant, the oath that he swore to our father Abraham. Guys, the first thing I want us to see from this passage is the plan of salvation. See, God had been speaking for 400 years, all right, prophetically, and when he finally spoke again, it was all connected to the theme about Jesus Christ and his work that was about to be done. And Zechariah not only prophesies, but he begins to praise God because God has visited and redeemed his people with the horn of salvation, all right? Man, it talks about that in verse 69. And kids, man, I want you to understand that when it talks about a horn of salvation, it's talking about a strong salvation. So if you can, with me, you know, I want you to imagine one of the biggest animals, the biggest horn animal that you could think of. I don't, I don't know a lot about animals like uh, this season, like a reindeer, you know what I'm saying? Or, or a moose or an elk or a bison or a buffalo. And listen, these big mammoth of beasts with these horns, they will look at their opposition and they will shake their head like this. And they're actually saying two things like, hey, do you see? the horns on my head, all right? And then they're also looking and saying, you don't want none of the smoke, all right? And so they're looking at each other and uh, they wave back and forth to let them know how strong they are. And so here's the thing. Right here, we talk about this strong salvation. Man, we have to understand that this salvation that God grants is strong. It's a strong salvation for Israel. It's the one that was promised to come from the Davidic line, all right? This is the strong salvation that was prophesied through the prophets of old. Man, uh, like it states in verses 72 and 73, it goes all the way back to the fathers, the patriarchs, and to Abraham himself. This salvation is not only strong, but this salvation is an act of mercy, guys. See, it talks about in verse 72 that it's because of his mercy. And we have to understand, church family, that God saves us to prove his mercy. Have you ever thought about that? I'm going to say it again. God saves us to prove his mercy. See, the entire Bible from Abraham to the prophets down to King David, it's all about one thing, and that thing is salvation. The Bible has one story, God visiting or coming down to get his people. That was and that still is the plan, salvation. But look at verse 71. It puts it this way. The strong salvation is to save Israel from their enemies and from the hand of all their haters. Like this is an actual political and physical rescue. But that's not it. That's not where the scripture ends. That's not where Zechariah's song ends. And so I want to point you to the second thing. 
where the scripture shows us the purpose of this salvation, all right? See, this salvation, he's saying, man, hey, God, I praise you. I praise you for it. And he understands that it's planned. It's not by chance, but it also has purpose. Look at verse 72. It says, what's the purpose? To show the mercy promised to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant, the oath that he swore to our father Abraham to grant us, verse 74, that we being delivered from the hand of our enemies might serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all of our days. See, the goal of their physical deliverance was not simply just their physical freedom. We have to understand this. Like God was saving them, all right? God was rescuing them. But it was more than just a physical deliverance because, man, the real goal was worship, all right? Man, God's real goal was worship. This right here is the New Testament remix of what God told Moses to tell Pharaoh back in Exodus chapter 7, verse 16, when he says, let my people go. And do y'all remember what he said? So they may worship me. Man, he comes to save so that we may worship him. Freedom, it's a good goal, but it's not the ultimate goal. Like the freedom that God seems most interested in is, is not our physical freedom, but our freedom to be able to worship him. And just as Zechariah worshiped God, when God mercifully opened his mouth and his ears that had been shut for nine straight months due to his unbelief, just as Zechariah worshiped him, man, all of Israel is to praise and glorify God for the salvation that he's bringing through Christ. Guys, when we look at this song, man, it's easy for us to understand that this was truly spirit-inspired prophecy because the first focus of his prophecy was about the unborn king, Jesus Christ, not about Zechariah's brand new born son, John. And again, Zechariah is clear when he goes through this scripture in his song and he says, Jesus is the horn of salvation for us in verse 69. Jesus is the one who saves us from our enemies in verse 71. Man, Jesus is the one to perform the mercy promised to our fathers, verse 72. Jesus is the one to remember the covenant, verse 72. And Jesus is the one that makes us serve him without fear. Man, bam, 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 bam. Zechariah, check this out, he didn't even know Jesus yet, but he praised him, he loved him, and he was passionate about him. And see, we know so much more about Jesus than Zechariah did, so what can excuse the coldness of our hearts, right? Man, he didn't even know him, yet he praised him. He was passionate about him. He loved him. Guys, worship, we say it all the time, it's more than a song set, right? It's more than just some songs. It's more than a preference or it's more than a style. It's more than a volume level. Like worship, like we ought to be overflowing with praise. Man, it's not just a three-song set. It's not just on the chorus or the bridge. Because we're Baptists, it's not just with one hand, all right? Man, it's not just on Sunday morning, but it's all day, every day. As long as there's breath in our lungs, we ought to be worshiping. We ought to to be praising. 
Church family, when was the last time that you praised God for the salvation that he brought you through his son, Jesus Christ? When was the last time that you praised him like Zechariah is praising him? And then as we move through the text, we get to verses 76 and 77. And the text is showing us this prophet of salvation, all right? So we have this plan of salvation. Man, we have the purpose of salvation. And now we come to this prophet of salvation. In verse 76, it says this, And you, child, will be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation to his people in the forgiveness of their sins. Guys, Zechariah now prophesies about his newborn son, John. Man, they wanted to name him something different. And in fact, uh, his family wanted that. Man, they were like in the room of the circumcision. Goodness, no privacy, all right? And they're like, man, where are you going to name him? And everybody thought that they would be naming him Zechariah Jr. because they finally have a kid and keep the tradition going. And y'all remember he couldn't talk, right? He couldn't even hear. So it says that they were communicating with signs, all right? And so he grabs his tablet and he writes it down because they didn't listen to Elizabeth. And he says his name will be named John. And he goes on in this part of the song, and he talks about how John will be different, how John will be great, and he will be called a prophet of God. He will be unique among the prophets because unlike dudes who try to cruise a forerunner, God had the dude to use as the forerunner. I took that from a Christian rap, all right? <laughs> Man, through John, he will soften the ground. Through John... He will till the soil of Israel's heart. Man, John is going to prepare a way for Christ. See, John is not going to be the Savior, but John will make things ready for the Savior. Man, he will be teaching people how they are to be saved. John is coming out of the wilderness, waving one of those giant foam number one fingers, and he's pointing the way to God's salvation and he's doing that to prepare a way for Christ. And so at this point of his song, we see him switch from focusing on Christ, but then God starts using Zechariah to speak about his newborn son. And he says, John was a true prophet in verse 76. He was a prophet of the highest. And then he goes on in that same verse and he said, John has that unique calling that I was talking about earlier, how he was going to go before the face of the Lord to prepare the road for him, to make way for the coming of the king. See, Zechariah's prophecy, it defines John's life in a relationship to Jesus' life and mission. And we could learn so much from this. Church family, all lasting meaning is found when we define our lives this way. See, the culture says, man, greatness comes with how many zeros you got in the bank account. Man, you know, they say, man, greatness comes with how you can climb that corporate ladder. Greatness comes with how many vehicles or what type of vehicles you have. That's culture, all right? But greatness comes from serving the Lord, not from serving ourselves. Greatness comes when we, like John, say we must decrease and Jesus Christ must increase. 
Men, the prophet of salvation will never replace the bringer of salvation. He knew his role. Zechariah knew the role of his son. And oh man, what a salvation that God was about to bring through Christ. And that brings us to the last thing, and it's this right here. Man, I believe that Zechariah's song shows us a lot of things. Man, it gives us the plan of salvation, the purpose of salvation, speaks about the prophet of salvation. But now, man, he concludes it talking about the peace of salvation. And this message of peace was already spoke on today, man, uh, when, when the kids gathered up front with Miss Denise, all right? Man, in the last couple verses, we'll start in 77, but it says this in through 79. Man, what is the peace about? It's to give knowledge of salvation to his people in the forgiveness of their sins. Because of the tender mercy of our God, whereby the sunrise shall visit us from on high to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the way of peace. Guys, man, I want us to check out how Zechariah begins to describe the effect of this salvation on the people, all right? Because of this salvation that has been provided, man, we now have peace. And so, man, the first thing he talks about in verse 77, it, he says, the salvation is ultimately spiritual and personal. See, in verse 77, it says, it involves the forgiveness of their sins. Church family, man, you know, I know y'all know the answer to some of these questions, but I'm going to ask them anyway. Why must sin be forgiven? Man, why is sin a big deal, kids? Why is sin a problem? The answer is because it's an offense against God who is holy. God is so holy, he can't have any relationship with sin. God in his holiness, man, uh, in anger will punish the sinner forever unless they are forgiven. And so when we talk about being saved, a lot of times we say being saved from sin, and I get because the wages of sin is death and we're saved from that death, but we really should say, man, we're being saved from God. And what I mean by that is we need to be rescued from God's coming judgment against the world. It's going to happen. And unless we're rescued, man, we will suffer punishment in hell forever. And so, man, I got to ask you, have you escaped God's condemnation? And do you know how to if you haven't? The second thing that he highlights is this salvation comes by God's mercy. So not only is it spiritual and personal, but it's delivered by God's mercy. Look at verse 78. It says, because of our God's merciful compassion, his tender mercy on display. That's the only reason any of us is ever forgiven of sin, because of mercy. Church family, you know, I know we cannot earn forgiveness. You cannot demand forgiveness. You can't make a trade or a swap for forgiveness. Man, there would be no peace and salvation if we had to earn it. There would be no peace and salvation if we had to demand it. There would be no peace and salvation if we had to try to buy it because over and over we would try and we would be walking on eggshells asking, have we done enough? Man, are are we strong enough? Man, have we paid enough? But here's the great news. Forgiveness comes only by mercy. 
And that means that forgiveness is free and forgiveness is undeserved, guys. Man, there's nothing that we could have done. We're not patting ourselves on the back, man. We're giving all props to Christ on what he did on the cross. The only step that we can take to, to, to be able to get this forgiveness is to ask God for it. We got to beg for his mercy. And I believe that when we beg for the mercy, God will show it. When we confess our sins, Scripture says he's faithful to forgive it. May he's faithful to cleanse us of that unrighteousness. And then lastly, check this out. He doesn't stop there. In verse 79, he says, salvation, the salvation, man, it brings us light. It brings us light. Man, I'm not scared of the dark, guys. I'm just scared of what might be in the dark that I can't see, all right? Me and my son, we share that strength, all right? But we don't play games, all right? But God don't play games either. Listen to this. In verse 79, it says, the sunrise shall, this is 78, but it says, the sunrise shall visit us from on high. And then in the 79, to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death. Man, through our mercy, man, through the mercy that God has given us, we receive the light. And that light that I'm talking about, that is Jesus Christ. Man, he's the sunrise. Maybe you are reading from the King James Version, and it says that he's the day spring, all right? He's the bright light. In our sin, we sit in darkness like a prisoner that is bound in an underground dungeon. But when Christ comes into our hearts, he brings light. Man, all of a sudden, everything is bright. All of a sudden, everything is shining. Darkness flees. Death is defeated. And we have the way of peace. Man, that way of peace that's been provided, that refers to an entire life of peace. And that's how we're going to end right there. Man, if you hear anything, hear this. Salvation brings peace. I'm going to say it again. Salvation brings peace. It brings peace with God. It brings peace with man. It brings peace within ourselves. And church family, I got to ask you today, do you have this peace? Man, has the sunrise dawned in your soul yet? Because if it has, then the world cannot bring you down. Because if you have the light of Christ, man, you're not defined by your circumstances. You're defined by what Christ has done on the cross for you. But if you don't know Christ, then, man, you don't know true peace. And I want to invite you to understand that you can come to know true peace even today. All right, let me pray for us. Dear Heavenly Father, God, thank you so much for how you are working in our church. God, thank you so much for the ways that you continue to work in and through our leaders. God, thank you so much for, man, how you continue to just show your grace and show your mercy to us. And God, I want to say thank you for your peace. You know, Miss Denise spoke on it this morning when she said, hey, that peace that y'all just heard, that was only temporary. And we understand with kids that it comes far and few and, and, and we could use a lot more of it. But man, the peace that we're talking about is eternal. 
the peace that you promised is forever. And so God, I pray for anybody who is out here in this room that does not know that peace. God, anybody out here who is just drowning in their circumstances because they haven't grasped on that you have a plan of salvation for them. Man, they just going, you know, get beat up by their circumstances because they don't understand that, man, you have made a way for them. May you, you, you have a purpose. May you spoke through this prophet and God, you delivered this peace. God, we thank you so much for that. God, we pray that if there's anybody that needs that today, God, they will respond to this call. In your name we pray, amen.